Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Thanks for coming back with us again here on Grounds for Discussion. I'm Laura. And I am Becky. And today we are discussing the book Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman or Honeyman. We don't know which. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I was telling Becky, I got to tell you guys, I feel a little strange because um, my husband bought me like this setup thing for my Yeti microphone. (laughs) And I so I feel like I'm on a radio station oh, or something. Is it one of those really tall, like it comes down and yeah, like you he speak hooked into it, it to like he hooked up this like movable arm thing. Yes, to yes, the, I am picturing it. In yeah, fact, you like, know, <laughs> you know what I'm picturing? The SNL sketch with the two ladies. Yes. That... <laughs> yes. That's what Delicious I'm picturing dish. right now. Is that you, Laura? I've got my... I've got my headphones and I'm I'm here on delicious dish. <laughs> that that that's funny. That is that funny. is humorous. That is humorous. <laughs> um. So so yeah. So I just had to tell you so you could picture me being yes. Oh, I am picturing my, it. I sure <laughs> my, am. <laughs> my movable arm and my little like thing that goes in front of the mic and everything. I think it's hilarious. It's awesome. So like, Look awesome. at me. Yeah. <laughs> And we talked about this outside, you know, we, we never mentioned it on the podcast, but we are officially in season two now. Yeah, baby. Because this is it's been year two. Yes. Because it's been a year. I think our first one drops in like eight, like late April or early May. Yeah. So yeah, I had so on season two. I had um on Facebook, my memories come up of a year ago and it was, um, it was the first episode, and yeah, I was like, oh crazy. my gosh, it's been a year. That's crazy. Yes, I Congratulations, know. Congratulations, Laura. How are you going to Thank celebrate? you. You too. You too. <laughs> I'm going to have me some coffee. How are oh, you going to? <laughs> well, actually, today I'm having some tea, Ooh, and I feel very fancy. I actually sent Laura a picture of my tea because I was so proud of how it looked. And it's so adorable. It is so adorable. So... I was like, I feel like Eleanor would appreciate tea, you know. I think she would. (laughs) In fact, I think she'd be snobby about it. Why why even drink watered-down dirt when you can drink, you know, high-quality tea? So, which mine isn't high-quality, but um, (laughs) I got it from Walmart. But but it's in a pretty, a really cute little teacup and and saucer. So, you know. So, I bought... um, I bought the saucer at like an antique store and then the the tea um teacup is from uh, uh our great grandma Jan not our great grandma Jan but on Nathan's Your, side. Yes. So yes. um so you know it's kind of nostalgic. But yeah. um I have cinnamon spice black tea. Ooh, and that sounds good. yeah, it is. And I put d- just a dash of, um, you know, half and half and then a little, um, you know, a little sugar in it. And it turned out a little bit more milky than I would like, but that's all right. Cause it's still oh, really good. Okay. And I could put more tea in it. So, you know, yeah, yeah. Just put, I don't know if it's a bag, but you could just put the bag. Back yeah. Really oh, cool. I used my clear glass, um, oh, teapot. Right. Yes. I love and those. I do too. And it, it came with like a little infuser tea thing. So I just put the, the you could put like leaves in there. So I put, I yes. opened the bag and put the leaves in. And yes. um, yeah, it was just, it's just fun, you know, to make special tea sometimes. Yes. So I feel like it, it's amazing to me how much better tea is when it's the actual leaves versus yes. the bag. Isn't that weird? It, it, I mean, I don't know what well, they're I guess doing to it in the bag that makes it different, but. It yeah. just isn't nearly as good, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I love loose leaf. Yeah. If I can find loose leaf, that makes me really happy. We actually went to the Renaissance Festival this past weekend. And oh, fun. Um, one of the booths was Apothecary, and they had a bunch of different teas that, um, like Ooh, loose nice. leaf teas. So we looked at that a little bit. I didn't buy anything because it was, like, really expensive. But it was fun oh, to look, okay. you know. Yeah. So. 
Well, it can be hard to find loose leaf tea and then and then to find it where it's not like 17 years old. Is yeah. More, you know, yeah. Like, so it's just a lot of times Ben will actually or Ben likes tea. So a lot of times he will actually like just order it okay. because it, you can get it, you know, fresher. So yeah, he'll order it like on Amazon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really likes that. No, he's not uh, every like he's not an everyday kind of like tea right, person, right. But he just he just enjoys it every once in a while. But he does love tea. So yeah, here in the South, it is very strange to like hot, unsweetened tea. Oh yeah, if you, you know, say tea, that means sweet cold tea. Yes, and sweet. Yeah, yeah. That's just the assumption. Yeah, I actually really do not like sweet tea. I feel like it's way too sweet. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's not my I remember, favorite. I remember, though, drinking um, sun tea. I remember making mom making sun tea on oh, the porch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where she would put it in a mason jar mm-hmm. and put it on the porch. And I don't really honestly know why it would go in the sun, like what the sun would do. But mm. I don't know. And, and I don't even know what she was using. I'm assuming just tea bags. But yeah. Yeah. That was a long so time I, ago, man. I know. That just came back to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, Throw sun back. tea. <laughs> sun tea. I yes. need to ask mom about that. Yes, like, you should. Sun? Yeah. Okay, so, so what are you drinking? Well, my I feel like I'm kind of in a rut these days. Because yeah. it's, like, that's what I kind of do. Like, I'll get into one drink and yep. then just drink that for a long time. Yes. And a lot of times it tends to go with the seasons. Like, I'll be into, oh, yeah. You know, cold coffee for a while, and then I'll be into hot coffee, and then mm-hmm. I'll be into, you know, like, mm-hmm. different ways of making it or whatever. So right now I'm really into, and this is terrible because it's a Starbucks drink, but um, it's the nitro cold yes. brew. Yes, I just think it's so smooth. Yeah. So I like to get that, and then I like that um, that cold foam they do with the salted caramel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yes. really good. Or so caramel good. if I'm being less fancy. Yes. I love the foaminess of it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just really good. it it doesn't change in flavor, but it almost no. feels like it changes in flavor. Like it yes. gives it more of a I don't know, like a creamy taste. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's really good, but I'm so, I'm sort of stuck on that one right now. Yeah. Now oh, I don't I understand. Don't do that, you know. So, <laughs> that was my go-to last summer. Loved it. Yes. Now, obviously, I don't drink that every day. I mean, usually, I'm, you know. Well, why not? At home <laughs> well, because I can't afford it. I mean, please. Oh, that's true. You do have those <laughs> gift cards, though. I know. I'm, like, so spoiled right now because I have gift cards. You so have, I like, could, if I want $100 to, I gift card. It. You could go get it, like, five times, Laura. <laughs> I mean, a whole five times, people. Um, <laughs> I know, right? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> But anyway, that's what I'm drinking. So, awesome. Yeah. Yes. Well, you enjoy um, that for me. Oh, and I will. <laughs> and you enjoy that gorgeous tea and that gorgeous tea. Uh, yes. Just the cuteness of it alone Indeed. is worth it. Even if it yes. tastes like crap. <laughs> it doesn't. Well, that picture you sent me, I was like, plus your house is so cute. Like, she just well, had it sitting on this little dresser yes. area with all her little with... books and all her, yeah. you know, it was cute. <laughs> Yeah. Like, what do you like, Instagram princess or something? <laughs> oh, no. I wish, I, girl. I wish. Not really. I should I take a picture really of where wish. I'm sitting. It is not Instagram <laughs> friendly. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I obviously chose the location. If I had turned the camera at all, you would have seen a load of laundry, probably. So, you know. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, Hashtag are you... real life. What's that? <laughs> Hashtag real life. Mm. Yes. <laughs> just oh, my real. gosh. Yes. Hashtag. Oh, God, I love it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Okay. So, we... Uh, let's, let's, let's get into this. Here. Yes. Um, so the book, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Beck, would you like to do like a little overview synopsis? Yes, I would. Okay. So, um, this book by Gail Honeyman. Gail Honeyman is about a 29-year-old single woman named Eleanor. And you're inside her head. You're hearing what she is thinking throughout the whole book. She is pretty much uh, doesn't 
belong anywhere in society and that like she doesn't really have any friends. She comes across and she came across to me at least as a little bit autistic, like almost Asperger's. Yes, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. I don't know if that is what was intended, but I totally thought that throughout the whole book. Yeah, Um, I did too. That's so funny. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So she is very meticulous with her daily routines, um, which includes work. She talks to her mom every Wednesday night. She always drinks two bottles of vodka every weekend to, like, get through the weekend. Uh, And then her, her carefully planned life kind of begins to unravel. And this is when she leaves work one day and she is actually walking out with a colleague named Raymond, who is, I think, an IT guy at her work. And they witness an older man falling on the street. And this kind of sets into motion a friendship for her with Raymond, but also with the older man and his family. And the book talks a lot about um, uh, mental illness, um, coping with um, trauma. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, It talks about counseling. It talks about healing, Eleanor healing. There's a lot of different kind of big themes going on in this book um uh but you learn more about Eleanor and how she deals with her past trauma as you go you know through the book and um that's just a little synopsis I I am uh not giving away all of it yet but I'm sure we will get into details about the ending so that's where I'm going to and my little synopsis so that if you want to go and read it, uh, feel free to. Or if you just want to listen to this discussion, that's fine, too. But um, that there's a little teaser for you of what the book is about. So yeah. um, this book was actually, um, the author is from the UK, and it was outsold. Yeah. Uh, it was, the like, the most... Um, published and bought book in 2018. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I believe that the author, this was her first book. Um, I think it is her first. Yeah. So I thought that I know, because I think she's coming out with another one. Um, but I don't know when, but I thought that was really interesting because this book in many ways, like it starts out really light, and funny and you're trying to figure out who this woman is and just by the title you get a sense that maybe Eleanor isn't fine but in the beginning it kind of starts out fine and then you learn kind of like her darker secrets and um, I was curious Laura when did you start to realize that Eleanor that her life was not you know wonderful amazing that it wasn't all fine did you have like a moment Um, when you were like oh yeah something's up here (laughs) well I think for me it was probably her first conversation with her mom okay um because you immediately sense a lot of negativity yeah and a lot of uh traumatic history between them Mm mm-hmm and so, yes, you pretty quickly, and, and and you pretty quickly learn, so I don't think I'm giving too much away here, but you could pretty quickly learn, too, that she's, Eleanor has um, actual scars yes. she's, her, on her face. Yeah. Um, and so you start going, okay, why, what are the scars? What are they from? That kind of thing. So anyway, mm-hmm. so I think when I first started realizing was, okay, maybe it was either when it first talked about the scars, because you immediately go, okay, well, where, how did she get those? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or possibly the, the first conversation she had with her mother. Cause I don't remember which comes first. Yeah. But it probably would have been one of those two. Yeah. I, what about for you? me, it was when she was talking with her work colleagues and I don't remember if you were introduced to them first or if you're introduced to her mom first. Yeah. It might've been. And, and there's definitely some of that there too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they yeah. were, totally making fun of her and she just uh-huh. very matter-of-factly told that like I think they were making fun of her scars and 
she was like, um, I have eczema, like on her hands or something. Uh, and yeah. she went into this whole explanation yes. of what eczema is, you know? Yes. And I was like, that is so weird. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's what they were referring but to, she, like, Yeah. She wasn't even, she wasn't even embarrassed by that. She just, yeah. you know, went on to be like, these people are idiots because they clearly don't know what is up with my hands, you know, or whatever. Right. But... You could tell that she didn't have any friends, and it's like... Yeah, and didn't they... Weren't they talking about her behind her back? Yes. Uh And she kind of walks in, but they don't notice her, because it's like almost like a lunchroom area or something where you can kind of... You could come in and not be noticed, necessarily. And so she's she's listening to what they're saying about her, and she's like, almost kind of laughing it off in her head. Mm -hmm. And and she knows they're making fun of her. She realizes they're making fun of her. But then, especially at one point, they say something, and she's like, and I, even I laughed in my head at that one, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like, she's just like, you know. Yeah. Like, and then you think, okay, maybe, well, maybe she really is fine, because, like, even though people are making fun of her, she's she's got a sense of humor about it, and she doesn't, she lets it roll off, you know. Yeah. So there is kind of that, that back and forth for a minute of, like. Yeah. Okay, she's clearly different, but maybe she's really fine with it. <laughs> well, that's what I why you know? I thought that she might be autistic because she was yeah. just very logical about things and very matter of fact, and nothing was funny. Everything was to be analyzed, and I feel right. like that's definitely a trait, you know, of yes. autistic people. So that's yes. why I thought that at first, but yeah, yeah she. Well, I. That that one of the most striking things about the book to me was just the um the the character voice was so mm-hmm. unique. Yeah. So funny. And I so loved it. Poign- yes. Poignant and yeah. So do can I read a few Yes, please do like excerpts? Because I'd love to give people a sense of the, the character voice because it's just yes. so unique. Uh-huh. Um and you you get such a I mean, I almost feel like Eleanor's a real person. She just yeah. the author was so brilliantly yes um, you know like with with her wording and everything yep. so let me okay so the first one i'm i'm gonna read um is when eleanor and raymond are on the street and they see this older man like fall over mm-hmm. and it's clear that he didn't just trip something's wrong right. so they're gonna like call the ambulance and um raymond goes to call nine well it'd be 999 i guess yeah um which, by the way, this this is actually in, in uh, at, for a while I was thinking it was in England, but it took me a while to realize it's in Glasgow. So, okay. Um, yeah. So he says, uh, you know, go, you know, go over by the old guy. And she's like, well, I don't know what to do with him. He's like, just, just talk to him. Yeah. You know, like just keep him, you know, with you and just try to, you know, keep right. him comfortable. Just talk to him. And so, of course, Eleanor doesn't really know what that means because mm-hmm. socially she's weird so this so this is what she says to him she says what a lovely sweater you don't see that color often on a woolen garment would you describe it as vermilion or carmine perhaps i rather like it i wouldn't attempt such a shade myself of course but against the odds i think you just about carry it off white hair and red clothing like father christmas was the sweater a gift it looks like a gift all soft and expensive it's far too nice a thing to buy for yourself but perhaps you do buy nice things for yourself. Some people do, I know. Some people think nothing of treating themselves to the best of everything. Mind you, looking at the rest of your clothes and the contents of your shopping bag, it seems highly unlikely that you're that sort of person. <laughs> and, then, and, then, mm-hmm. and then Raymond breaks in and says, okay, you know, he's called an ambulance. She says, Mr. Gibbons is calling an ambulance, so don't worry. You won't be lying here in the middle of the street for long. There's no need to be anxious. Medical care is completely free of charge in this country, and the standard is generally considered to be among the best in the world. She's <laughs> saying this to a resident. You know. um, you're, you're a fortunate man. <laughs> I mean... You probably wouldn't want to fall and bump your head in, say, the new state of South Sudan, given its current political and economic situation. (laughs) But here in Glasgow, well, you've struck it lucky, if you'll pardon the pun. And I just, I mean, I just was like, I I was laughing. I was like, oh my word. Like, she's going into economics and, like, I mean, well, like... (laughs) political situation like yeah i do not care that i am not in sudan can you please please just 
just get me into an ambulance. And you've, you've struck it lucky. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you'll pardon the pun. Yes. I mean, I'm, I just, I'm laying here in the street and I am a lucky I'm man. I'm feeling quite lucky. <laughs> feeling quite lucky. I mean, just hilarious. Okay. And then the next one that really made, like, made me laugh quite a bit, too, was, um, so you quickly find out Eleanor did not have a very normal upbringing. Mm-hmm. And so she has never been in a fast food restaurant before and she decides to go to one for the first time so she says i was in a fast food restaurant for the first time in my adult life an enormous and garish place just around the corner from the music venue it was mystifyingly inexplicably busy i wondered why humans would willingly queue at a counter to request processed food then carry it to a table which was not even set and then eat it from the paper Afterward, despite having paid for it, the customers themselves are responsible for clearing away the detritus. Very strange. (laughs) After some contemplation, I had opted for a square of indeterminate white fish, which was coated in breadcrumbs and deep fried, and then inserted between an overly sweet bread bun, accompanied bizarrely by a processed cheese slice, a limp lettuce leaf, and some salty, tangy white slime, which bordered on obscenity (laughs) (laughs) despite mummy's best efforts i am no epicure however surely it is a culinary truth universally acknowledged that fish and cheese do not go together someone really ought to tell mr mcdonald (laughs) there was nothing oh go ahead There was nothing to tempt me from the choice of dessert so i opted instead for a coffee which was bitter and lukewarm Naturally, I'd been about to pour it all over myself, but just in time had read the warning printed on the paper cup, alerting me to the fact that hot liquids can cause injury. A lucky escape, Eleanor, I said to myself, laughing quietly. (laughs) I began to suspect that Mr. McDonald was a very foolish man indeed, although judging from the undiminished cue, a wealthy one. I just, uh, that was the one where literally I was laughing for minutes. Uh-huh. I mean, I, yes. I, I could not stop laughing. Yes. Yeah, I I think it's so, like, interesting because she really thinks herself high and proper. And, you know, yes. she she will set her table. She will, she... She fell in love with a musician man that she didn't know anything about because of the way that he buttoned his vest. Like, you know, because that was the proper way to do it. And that means that he's a a real man and he's a gentleman, (laughs) you know. So just all these, you know, preconceived ideas that she has about society that she's not willing to let go of. And I don't know, she can't enter into, like you know, how people really act, think, believe because yeah, she... Yeah, sort of analyzed from the outside. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I it's hilarious. It's so hilarious. It's My, so funny. I do not have a quote, but I just, I have to say that my favorite scene, I was seriously laughing out loud and I do not laugh out loud. Like, even at movies, a lot of times... I might chuckle here and there, but, like, to actually laugh, I just usually don't do that, especially with books, you know. Yeah. Um, But the part that made me laugh so hard was when she went to get a bikini wax. And I won't go into detail because, you know, I feel like people need to read that scene for themselves. But it was so hilarious. Yes, that one was definitely up there as well. I was just like, oh, my word. It was it was probably the funniest part of a book that I have read in a long, 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 long time. Yes. So it funny. Was, it was hilarious. Yeah. And, yeah, and just the way she interacted with the, yes. the yes. technician. And, I mean, oh, it was, it was hysterical. Just social faux pas all over the place. Yes. You know? Yes. And she didn't know. <laughs> like, she, she's just so blunt and, like, why would I pay you? Like talking to a waitress, why would I pay you for something I could do myself? Like, right. Yeah. She just is so logical and blunt. And that's what made it funny for me. Yeah. I, yeah. It's like I said, 
it's just such a unique character yes. voice and it's uh-huh. it's a it's just a very engaging one and she's very even though she's kind of blunt and whatnot she's also just very like she's engaging and charming yes. like she draws you that voice draws you in yes and yeah it's 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 i loved the the way that she spoke mm-hmm. um there's one other part that i was going to mention i don't know if you remember when she first goes to see a counselor mm-hmm. and she says that the 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 office is very drab and whatnot yeah and she mentions a picture she says there's no window there was no window and a framed print on the wall a vase of roses made using a computer by someone who was dead inside was more offensive to the eye than a bare wall. <laughs> just, I mean, just her descriptions, just cra- like somebody who was clearly dead inside, you know, like, <laughs> using a computer, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> so hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so which, what would you say was your favorite one of, like favorite section of the book? Um, I really loved, uh, I really loved all of her encounters with Raymond and sort of Mm. feeling out what a friendship is. Yeah. Because she's literally never had one. Right. Um, I mean, I sort of feel like a lot of this book is almost like telling an alien about how to be human. Mm. And (laughs) because she's like an alien. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's such an outsider. So I loved that. And I also loved when she begins to um, kind of come in touch with her emotions mm-hmm. about everything that's happened to her. Yeah. Because I feel like it's such a real, it's such a good depiction of, um, you know, that growth. Yeah. For someone who's been through some, you know, really traumatic things. Right. Um, to how they, how it's, what it looks like when it starts out. Mm-hmm. and what it looks like when you've been a little further deeper and this kind of thing. And I, I loved that progression because mm-hmm. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. What I, about you? What I, was your... Well, I loved her relationship with Raymond. I thought yes. that um, I loved the beginning where she was like, oh, this man is a slob. I would never be friends with him. I would never <laughs> date or marry this man. Like, yes. she was just very down on him. And it's like, you almost feel bad for him, you know, but he kind yeah. of pursues her. Um, and and all along, you can't tell if he wants a friendship or a relationship. Um, but See, then... and I thought that he did not want a relationship. Okay. Beca- only because... Um, Even in the beginning? He... Well, at the very beginning, I thought, okay, maybe. But then after a little bit, I figured, well, he probably doesn't. Mostly because at one point, um, this is when they were, he visits his mother and she comes along. Yes. And um, they're like, I think doing her dishes or something. Uh Uh-huh. And they talk about like um, Eleanor and whether she has a boyfriend or this kind of thing. And Eleanor says something along the lines of like... um, not yet, but soon or something like that. Right. Because she's interested in this guy who, right. by the way, doesn't know she exists. But she doesn't mention that. She just says, oh, yeah, I'm sure soon I will because she's got she's got it all planned out. Right. She, you know. Right. Um, and so she says something like, you know, not yet, but soon. And Raymond kind of like, he, he like drops a plate into the sink or something in the in the dishwater mm-hmm. washer or mm-hmm. dish water. Sorry. <laughs> or something. He does something where it's sort of like kind of jarring like yeah. he's clearly like uh and i just kept getting the impression that he sort of was like oh she thinks i'm pursuing her i'm just trying to be nice mm. you know like mm. I, that's the impression that i got okay fair fairly soon into their friendship not okay. right away but but that was that was my yeah uh, feeling feeling that's on it but then by the end i thought well maybe he is interested you yeah. know i i thought he was interested from the beginning uh, and I took that whole scene to mean, oh, she's interested in somebody else. Like, I don't, I don't know why oh, I thought okay. that. Um, I, I thought he thought that she was referring to himself and right. he didn't like that. Right. <laughs> Who knows? I, I don't know. That's I'd have so to reread that and see, you know, how that comes across again. Because yeah, I just assumed. by the end, I did kind of think. 
oh, maybe that he they is would get looking together. at her through yeah. different eyes and seeing someone who he could maybe date. Yeah. Although I'm not sure. I mean, Eleanor still would say things in her mind about he's sloppy. He's yes. You know, he's you know awkward. She she thought he was awkward, but which I think she, it's hilarious. Yeah, but she I mean... softened to him. She definitely yes yes softened to him. Um. But the whole time you're kind of thinking, Eleanor, come on, this musician guy that you've never met, she like stalked him on Twitter and he just sounded like a jerk. Oh, he sounded like such a loser. I was like, why do you not see that he is not? Well, because he buttoned his his vest correctly. Right. (laughs) Clearly. Obviously. He's the perfect man. Uh, Yeah, but. I um I liked their friendship and I also felt like near the so kind of halfway through the book Raymond starts dating this older gentleman's daughter um yeah. and I was a little bit surprised by that because I I, too. I just thought that he was kind of pursuing Eleanor or like you know at least in the friend zone and wanted to like make more of it But then he started dating this chick, and then by the end, I felt like there could be a possibility again with Eleanor, but I think she definitely considered it just a true friendship, and all that he did for her throughout the book, even when she kind of treated him like trash, like, he taught her how to be a friend. He taught her how to be kind and how to socially you know, have the social skills to be in different situations. Yes. So I just loved his relationship with her. I thought it was, I know it was fun to read about. I do think by the end though, that, uh, you know, this book is, is very much about her progression Mm -hmm. from considering herself to be fine because she's refusing to look at what's really going on inside of her. Right. Right. To realizing that she's not completely fine. Yeah. But she's working on it. Mm-hmm. So taking that into consideration, I sort of wonder if the author maybe was leaving it there, but implying like she will continue to grow and realize that her Raymond is a true friend who, which I think she probably already did at that yeah. point, but that yeah. maybe she would continue to grow and realize, oh, maybe a romantic interest, it doesn't matter if he battens his vest correctly it matters right. if he is a loving kind person exactly. who cares about me and wants to to help me and you know yeah. so that's kind of where I felt like it ended up mm-hmm. yeah so maybe we're supposed to think in our minds like well she'll continue to progress and maybe mm-hmm. you know yeah so I don't know so can we talk about her mom for a minute a yes. minute or two or ten. Yes, for um, sure. <laughs> so, for those of you that have not read it yet, this might be a good time to either skip a few or come back because we need to talk about this, okay? Yeah. Um. So, her mom was very um, emotionally uh, abusive and... Um, I got the sense that her mom was in jail. I think that's what the author wanted you to think. Yes. And um, because... And I would say physically abusive, too. And what? I would say physically abusive, Yes, too. I was going to say that also. Um, uh, the only reason I, I assume she was in jail is because she would call every Wednesday night. So, yes. um, you know, you kind of think, oh, that's her one phone call a week or whatever. Right. Um, I don't know how it works. And she would kind of talk to people who were on her end yes. of the phone, too. She would sort of who want, you know, yell back to other people. Yeah, you know. who want to use the phone or whatever. Right. So um, I don't know when in the book exactly you find out what's going on. It might be near the end. Is it near the end? I think it's pretty close to the end. Okay. Yeah. Was, so, it, a, was it a shock to you? What's that? Was it a shock to you? Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah. yeah. I did not see that coming at all. No, I didn't either. Um, so you find out that her mom actually is not alive, and she's been talking to her mom in her mind. And 
I do you feel like that was how she how she dealt with the grief or do you think that that was just kind of a um like psychological uh beat up on herself you know what i mean or maybe I both honestly don't know that yeah. that i was i couldn't make head or t- heads or tails of that i'm like why what what does she gain from this because clearly there's something in it that mm. she feels is necessary for her to continue yeah um well, she's Just always li- trying to please her mom with what she says or does, or she feels like she has yes. to tell her mom everything, even yeah. when it's not, you know, uh, necessarily good. But right, um, she always wants to I've... please her mom. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's maybe just that her mom still had that hold over her. Yeah. Um, where she didn't feel like she had a choice almost mm. um like this is who my mom is this is what she would say mm-hmm. there's nothing i can do about that especially now because she has no she can't change now she's dead so mm-hmm. um it's like she still just had that hold over her where she felt yeah. like that's what she had to do maybe i don't know i yeah. couldn't i couldn't quite understand what she was getting from and that. then i started to realize wow she is really messed up like it's not yeah. just the depression yeah. it's not just the social um yep. awkwardness it's she is mentally not stable she's talking right. to a dead woman every week yep. And, and yeah, and it's not and just not like only the dead woman that, sort of appears in her thoughts. Yeah. She literally plans a meeting with this yes, person yes. once a week. Uh-huh. And the fact that her mom in her head was still saying those such derogatory, mean, nasty yeah. things to her. Yeah. Um, like she was saying those things to herself. Yeah. But using her mom's voice. Like that, yeah. It, it made me sad. Like, it made me sad for her, even though she's not real. But that yeah. she would be that uh, mentally declined and, you know, not be able to get past that. Um, well, and what surprised me was that um, it's that is referenced pretty early on by a, a social worker who she has social workers that still come into her life on yeah. a regular basis. And so the social worker comes over and it's a new one. She's been reassigned or something. And she talks about something about her mother. And she says, yeah, I still talk to her every week. And the social worker says something like, oh, wow, that's still happening, huh? Mm. And she's like, yeah, of course. And the social worker doesn't even, I mean, I know she's not a counselor, but she doesn't even address it. Like, yeah. Like, you need to see, you need to see, see a someone. Yeah. You know, like, she doesn't even, I, I, that, I kind of forgot you know, about first... that scene and looking back on it now, knowing that her mom is not alive. Why right. did that person not, <clears throat> like, that? was a huge oversight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, for the first time around, I didn't think much of it because at that point you don't know that her mom's dead. But then looking mm-hmm. at it from the end point of view, it's like, oh my word, that, why yeah. didn't you at least try yeah. to get her into counseling you yeah. know like clearly and at the time you just thought okay. you just thought well her mom must have done something really bad so the counselor is, yeah or the the social worker is just thinking that's big of you to talk to her still you know yeah. that's what i assumed yeah yeah i just yeah it, it felt like oh my word you're not good at your job right like, <laughs> yes <laughs> and, I, and i do understand that there was things that the author had to get around yeah for the story to work and maybe that just kind of fell into that category yeah like she couldn't pursue it because she wasn't ready to drop that big you know but maybe she could have come into play later on near the end of the book where she contacts eleanor and you know says yeah i've arranged a meeting for you or something like that yes because you know that eleanor is starting to heal so you know that could have been part of her healing process but maybe yeah. she just didn't care and was like yeah there's bad social workers all over the place so here's another well, one i don't know maybe it, it was just very sad to me because i think it it speaks to our culture and how we sort of 
um, we say that we're out to help people, but yeah, you know, helping people isn't always telling them they're right or right. That what they're doing is okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you actually do care about someone, you have to tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. You can't just play along with their psychosis. You know, right. like right. she's got an actual mental yeah issue. You know. Yeah. Um. So I think that that's very that's very much our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Yeah. Okay. Well, if that's what you want to do, if people well, are, no, help right, her. Right. Like, <laughs> if people are going to start to heal and change and and become, you know, better, they have to be willing to acknowledge the the fault in their thinking and yes, and that there's what a is, problem. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I just was like, I was flabbergasted at that by, at the end when yeah. I, when I was thinking about that, I was like, oh my word. Yeah. So do you so, think that Eleanor yeah. was the way she was because of, uh, the whole nature versus nurture thing? Like, do you think that that was how she was always kind of going to be leaning more towards the, you know, analytical, blunt or do you think that that was kind of as a result of how she was raised by her mom? You know, this is such an interesting question to me because it's something that, I mean, every, everybody comes up on that one every yep. once in a while. But for mm-hmm. me, um, I mean, those of you who know me, uh, my son is, um, he's had a lot of like physical trauma because yes. of, of, you know, he was born with, with scoliosis and, um, so he's had a lot of surgeries and this kind of thing. And I, since he was probably since after his first surgery, um, I've wondered like, mm. does he behave the way he behaves? Like, was he always going to be kind of just an odd little duck? Cause he is. And mm. I, I love him so much, but he's an odd dog. <laughs> and, um, you, you, those of you that know me, you know, I say that with, yes, with so much love. Yes. I mean, I love how odd he is. Yes. He's just different. But for, for years and years now, I've always wondered, like, was he just always going to be just kind of a strange that personality little, goofy little guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or, or is it a result of all the stuff that he went through trauma. being so young? Yeah. And so, so that question for me has always been super pertinent and yeah. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if she would have been kind of, um, I'm going to coin a phrase here, spectrum-ish mm-hmm. regardless. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What are your, what are you, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I asked because I, I honestly don't know either. I think she probably had a tendency towards that. And then the trauma of everything that she experienced caused her to go deeper into who she became. Yeah. Um, but you know, there, I feel like there's different ways like if she didn't go through the trauma she would probably look at life completely differently but still have those characteristics of like you're an odd little duck Eleanor you know yes um but just maybe not that negative twist on life yeah I don't know I don't yeah. know, but her mom definitely played a huge role in who she became and who she was for a long time. Yeah. Do you think our, uh, the version of her mother that we get is accurate or completely accurate? Because you don't, for, for most of the book, you don't realize that you're getting Eleanor's version of her mother. Yeah. And then at the very end, you realize, oh, that was all through her her, through her eyes that was her rendition hmm. of her mom you think so, maybe her mom wasn't that uh manipulative not necessarily i'm just curious about how accurate i think her portrayal is because um you know how in a kid's kid's minds um, yes yeah things are just different mm-hmm. than what what the parent maybe remembers right um that could so, be but i but do I, I do know that she was physically hurt by her mom. So yes, um, I believe that, you know, she has the scars yeah. of 
you know, that physical abuse. Yeah. So you're probably right. It's probably a pretty accurate portrayal. I just think that it's interesting to think about because for the whole book, you just assume that's actually her mom speaking. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then you find out, no, that's Eleanor. Yeah. That's what Eleanor thinks her mom would have said about this situation. Uh You know? Yeah. Um, That is interesting. So I just find it so interesting to think about, huh, I wonder how... Yeah, because maybe maybe it, her know? mom wouldn't have said those things in that way. But right. I do think that the portrayal was... Um, she, I do think that she was probably very manipulative and that she was yeah. very physically abusive. And therefore, yes. probably emotionally abusive. And maybe Eleanor yeah. made it even tougher on herself mm-hmm. than her mom would have like when her mom was speaking and I didn't realize that her mom was dead I was like oh my gosh I can't believe how like like, some of the things that she said were just like shocking and like incredibly sad so yes you know but I think that Eleanor has that constantly going on in her head about herself Mm -hmm. too yep because that was spoken over her Right. As a child. Or even que- questions that Eleanor had about herself based on where she came from. Like, for instance, when her mom would talk about, well, who knows how much of me is inside of you, Eleanor. I, you have a lot of my DNA, so mm. who knows how bad you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's definitely something that Eleanor clearly uh, had on her mind a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, worrying that maybe she was going to be like her mother. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you kind of go back and reread those, it takes on a whole different yes. tone and meaning, uh-huh. um, to, to realize that's coming, that's really coming from her, from her, her yeah. own brain. Yeah. 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 I think this is a great book, uh, to address the issue of mental, um, problems, um, yeah. like, depression and um yeah just sort of our the the demons we have yeah that we don't mental health think like yeah and then that we don't think we can get rid of but really they're the prison that we've made for ourselves yes you know the 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 thoughts that we allow to um sort of navigate through navigate us through life yeah that aren't they don't need to be there at all. It's not even, you know, mm-hmm. um, she should have been free of her mom for a long time. Right. You know, because right. her mom was gone. But yeah, she willingly got back in that cage over and over. But even um, I mean, yes, yeah, she willingly got back in. But at the same time, I feel oh, like. Oh, don't get me wrong. She didn't feel like she had a choice. She right, wasn't doing right. it on purpose. Right. Yeah. I guess I, I just, I don't know. I just felt bad for her through the whole book. Like, even when I found out that it was her that was doing these things to herself, it's because of what had happened to her. And I just, like, I just felt incredibly sad for her. And especially when she didn't, like, she attempted suicide. She didn't want to live anymore. She was like, it was the last straw, you know? And, um... Just to think of people who are in that situation where they feel like there is no other way out. Yeah. It just, it's just so sad. And there is another it way. Is. There's another, there's another path. And yep. um, that makes me sad that they, that no one is there to help them and that right. they can't, they can't help themselves. Right. They can't always be the ones to lift themselves up and you know change their lives because they think that they are at rock bottom and nothing is Mm -hmm. gonna help so it yeah it was pretty eye-opening for me in that sense um so it made me incredibly happy when like in the end she was working towards the healing yes I I mean I don't want to like Jesus juke this thing, but it definitely yeah. reminds me of who we are in Christ for those of us who are yes. Christians, that we 
um, how often we willingly climb back into um, a place of slavery hmm. over, you know, it can be anything. It could be like a sin that you feel like rules you and you can't, you can't get away from it or just hmm. feeling like Eleanor, like you're worthless or, um, you know, it could be anything like that where the reality of it is if you belong to Christ, um, and even if you don't belong to Christ, you are dearly loved. Yeah. And, um, and Christ is always there waiting. Christ yeah. is always there with open arms. But especially for his people, it's like he defeated that. He opened yeah. that cage. You are no longer bound yep. by that sin or that um, negative perception or whatever it is. Yeah. And e- even if you can't pull yourself out of it, which you, I mean, I've been there. I understand. Yeah. Um, just know that to, to be able to, to know and rest in the fact that I feel horrible, mm. but I know the truth is, yeah, I have been set free. Yes. Christ has me. He's not going to let go. Yep. I am his. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I don't want to be all, you know, like. No, but I, as I, Christians, that's how we, that's how we can look at it. And uh isn't that amazing, you know, Yes. that we can yeah. find that twist and that change, you know, because that hope is not in a lot of people and they can't find yeah. that hope. And just right. for us to know the truth and believe even the truth. Even if you can't feel it. Yes. Even if you can't feel it. Yes. And because to... I've had to do that many a time where it's like, yes. I feel awful, Uh huh. but I almost have to like take off the close of that and say yes analyzing this from the outside i know those are just feelings yep and they may stay or they they may stay longer or they may go but those are just how i feel Mm -hmm. it's not the truth Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah um and look at the the total destruction that the lies caused her, you know, like uh, when you feed yourself lies about yourself, about, you know, Christ, about whatever, it's going to destroy you when you feed yourself truth. And, and, and don't kid yourself. That's not on accident. Yeah. That's on purpose. Oh yeah. The enemy, the enemy, that's the road he wants you Mm -hmm. on. And he knows where that road leads. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, sorry, again, like totally. <laughs> I know, but we got to do it, girl. <laughs> you know, we got, you know, we got to say it. You know, Preach we got to say it. Preach it, brother. <laughs> going to get out my organ now. <laughs> um. And the ladies. <laughs> On the last. Um. Oh, good times. Anyway, um, but yeah, I, I just, it. Again, we, we tend, this is why we wanted to do a podcast because we have obviously a very different perspective than a lot of people on, on literature and what, what's found there a lot of times. So anyway, um, but yeah, is there, was there some, anything else you wanted to talk about with this book? Um, I don't think so. I, I mean, I'm ready for, um, ratings because. Let's do it. Let's get yeah. some ratings. Yeah, let's rate it up, baby. So for those of you who might not remember, we have a one to five scale rating. Um, and one is, um, you know, we didn't like it. And five is we loved it. And we, because this is a podcast about coffee and books, we, um, you know, pair it with um, our favorite, our the worst and favorite coffee that we yes. have. So yeah. one we is... have to pair every book with a coffee. That's, That's right. We live our That's lives. Right. So. so one is Folgers, two is uh, Duncan, three is eight o'clock, four is Javalia, and five is Pete's coffee. And I would, without a doubt, give this a five, a Pete's coffee. Um, All right. I just, Pete's. it had me laughing. It had me like, not crying, but you know, pretty close. But yeah, yeah. Um, it it brought up like it brought up so many emotions, and um, I loved the way it was written. 
Um, Eleanor needs to make a reappearance and have more. Oh, <laughs> it needs yeah. to be a series yeah. or something because I want to hear more of her story. I just love, love, love this book. Or, or at least a sequel. Like, yes. just one, you know, one more something to tell us where yes. it all lands. You know. Yes, and also because you do see her start to pick up the pieces, and you're like, where does she go from here? Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I loved it, and awesome. I would recommend it, yeah, to almost anybody. There was some language um, when her yeah. mom spoke, um, but other than that, I think it was pretty clean, as far as I yeah. remember, so. And it. So occasionally Raymond would say stuff, but generally it was in response to some really big stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. 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 All right. So what would you give? Awesome. Give All right. Uh, it's an unreserved piece. Yes. Amen. I adored this book. Mm-hmm. It was so precious. Yeah. I mean, it was just so like, I, I just, I felt for Eleanor so much. And yeah. I just thought, I know this isn't a real person, but there. It's it's very lifelike. There yes. are a lot of people who have some really really big ugly stuff mm. in their past, mm-hmm. um, and I I love her journey and I love her her voice through it. Yes, she's, she has such a sense of humor. Even though it's a quirky sense of humor, yes, it's very she's funny. You uh-huh. know, um, she doesn't and, realize she's funny. Yeah, she's funny. I mean, just yeah, it was. Such a fun read. Yeah. But not just fluff. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Yeah, I, yes, that's one thing that I loved that, you know, when I read a book that I really like, but it's kind of fluff, it's like, eh, you know, I, I really liked it, but I don't know if I would recommend it because it doesn't really have much substance. But yeah. this one had both. That's not this. Yeah. 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 I, I I really did. So if if you haven't read it and this has intrigued you, it's still worth it. Even having yes. heard the whole story, it's still worth the read. Yes. in my opinion, um, I thought it. I I really enjoyed it, and I loved that. Again, I don't know if the author is from the UK, but this one's set in Glasgow. Yeah. Um. But I I'm of course I think you all probably know by now. I do love a lot of things, all things UK. Yes. Slash British. Yes. So and so I I always get a kick out of the different. Um, different ways of speaking. Yeah, you know those Me kind too. of things. So. In fact, I thought fun. I thought it was funny because I was looking up, um, you know, some stuff on the book, and uh, one person said that there were a lot of things in this book that were um, related specifically to the UK. Do you like? Maybe they should have changed that for Americans. And I was like, um, Oh no, no, that no. is part of the charm of it. Yes. Um, I know. I had to look up Tesco. And come on. (laughs) Americans aren't that far gone that we can't understand what they're talking about. Come on. Give us a little credit. I know. Do not Americanize this. No. That would be horrible. Leave it. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, um, so there you have it, folks. Two fives. (laughs) Yep. You got to read it. Go read this book. Um, (laughs) So... Beck, would you like to um, tell about our next yes. book pick? Yes. So you might have heard us mention this book a couple of times because it has taken, what, three years for us to read through it? I don't, it's been, something I don't even Something like know. that. It's been a But um, <laughs> it's called Celebration of Discipline, The Path to Spiritual Growth, and it's by Richard J. Foster. It sounds like a snooze fest, but let me tell you, this book is good and we have decided to actually split it up into a couple of different sections because there's so many good chunks in here of knowledge and wisdom and uh it's so so good so um there's actually three different sections that we're going to split it up into and we're still going to release every two weeks And we're doing this because um, we would like some extra time this summer with our family. So we're going to pre-record these and um, you can listen to them every two weeks. You can read along with us or you can just listen to um, us discuss uh, Celebration of Discipline. Either way, we think it'll be really beneficial for our audience to, um, to 
listen to us talk about it and, you know, give some, some of our favorite quotes and things like that. So we're really excited about talking about this book. It has been um, very, very instrumental in, I think, both of our Christian walks. So, yeah. And I would say too, if, even if you don't, if it sounds boring or you don't want to, you know, listen to the podcast, that's, I don't even care. Just go get the book. Yes. I mean, because it's, it's not a, it's not a, a head book. It's a do book. Yes. That's so. Yes. That's one thing that I love about it and that we're going to be able to discuss is yeah. how have we implemented these things into our walk with Christ? And yeah. it's not all theological, um, you know, heady, like you said, there's a yeah. lot of practical um, growth application. Yep. So. Yep. Super excited. It's, yep. Yeah. It's one that I've had with me for years and years mm-hmm. and it's been hugely, um, influential for yes. me. So. Yeah. So join us again next time on Grounds for Discussion. We'll be reading, um, Richard J. Foster's Celebration of Discipline and we'd love for you to join us back here on Grounds for Discussion where the coffee and the books are a perfect blend. <laughs>